You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 168. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. And in this session, we are going to continue a discussion we've been having with Ben Chamberlain from UMT360 and talking about something that may be a challenge for you and your organization. We're going to be looking at a better way to connect the dots, how you can derive execution from strategy, which I know for some of you is not the way things have been going. Now, here's a lesson that can be a challenge for way too many PMOs and might actually be part of the reason that you're struggling to get your seat at the table in your organization. What you're working on is way more important than how you get it done. I'm going to say that again. What you're working on is way more important than how you get it done. So what are you doing to ensure that all execution is actually derived from strategy instead of the other way around? In this discussion today, we'll help you understand what it takes to connect the dots and align execution with strategy. This is a critical role you should be playing and your PMO should be playing in your organization. And we're going to tell you how to get there. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the PMO Impact Summit the world's longest running virtual conference specifically for PMO leaders is back in September on September 27th and 28th with recordings available the entire week. Make sure you register now for free so that you are able to take advantage of all the goodies and surprises I have coming for those that register early. Now, this event is specifically for PMO leaders. We are going to help you elevate your role of the PMO in your organization and position you to make the biggest impact possible in your organization. If you're looking to elevate your career, get that PMO off the ground, or simply add more value with your PMO, we've got you covered. Make sure you register for free at PMOImpactSummit.com. We're going to elevate you, your role, the PMO, and... You're not going to want to miss all the fun we have in store. I can't wait to see you there. Just go to PMOImpactSummit.com right now to register for free. Now, today I have back with me Ben Chamberlain. Let me tell you a little bit about him before we dive in. He is the Chief Product Officer for UMT360 and is responsible for the strategic direction and worldwide go-to-market activities for UMT360's strategic portfolio management software solutions. He's an accomplished enterprise software executive with more than a decade of experience building innovative strategic portfolio management solutions that have helped global 2000 companies drive business transformation and increase their business agility. So I think you can see why I wanted Ben here with me today to talk about a really important topic that many PMO leaders aren't even thinking about. Business agility, one, the role of the PMO in driving that business agility, and why strategic portfolio management is the key to business agility. Okay, Ben, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you back. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Okay, so now in our last two episodes, we talked about strategic portfolio management 
and driving business agility to improve performance. We looked at the role of the PMO in supporting these shifts, and now we need to take a look at the challenges that are holding organizations back from making this transition to greater agility. Let's just dive right in. Why are organizations struggling to have greater business agility? And where do you think the PMO fits into all of this? Well, the PMO or Transformation Office or Enterprise PMO has a big role to play, right? For us, and we talked about this on the, the other episodes, but just to go over it again quickly, right? Organizations aren't necessarily focused on monolithic transformation, right? They want to better respond to different disruption as it occurs to drive business performance. So really, it's about becoming more agile as a business, so deriving business agility so you can respond to whatever changes come up to better drive business performance. And when we think about that, really a discipline that is key for any PMO or strategically mind PMO is portfolio management. So Gartner has termed this new, actually Forrester as well, new space of strategic portfolio management, which is a set of processes and obviously supported by different tooling to focus on driving business agility right, to make better decisions as situations come up. Now, obviously, there are a whole myriad of challenges and imperatives that organizations need to overcome when building more agility in terms of decision making and execution. But if I look at the two big rocks, right, that they need to focus on, first is you've got to move from being a disconnected enterprise to a connected enterprise. Now, when you think of any organization, huge to small, right, it's a collection of disparate functions, people, departments, business and IT assets, products, services. So it's just a disparate set of silos, right? So being able right. to break down those silos and build a kind of dynamic blueprint of the whole operating fabric of your business is key to understanding where you are today and then relative to your strategy, how you should organize your business for tomorrow. And what that means is that you need to actually focus on best practices around business architecture and enterprise architecture, which are very important to be able to move from that disconnected enterprise to that connected enterprise, to go from a current state to whatever your target state is relative to your strategy. So that's an important thing and an area that we will focus on in the upcoming summit. And every PMO, I think over the next N number of years is going to have members of their team or become pseudo experts in business architecture and enterprise architecture, because it's a very important aspect to this. The second key aspect is how do we go from a misaligned organization to a strategically aligned organization, which is how do we ensure that we're always deriving the work from the strategy and always optimizing our precious resources, be that people right. and or money, and how do we continuously optimize as situations change? So you've got the move or transition from a disconnected to connected enterprise, leveraging business and enterprise architecture best practices, with the need to continuously align and optimize people and spend with strategy at any given point in time, which needs the ability to improve your strategy, execution, management, best practices. So when you think about strategic portfolio management, the discipline, which right. is the bedrock to driving or building an agile business to drive business performance, strategic portfolio management is actually the marriage between business and enterprise architecture and strategy execution. Okay. All right. So 
For those listening that are nodding their head and saying, okay, great. This is where I was headed. This is great. Awesome. For those that are saying architecture, what, what are we doing here? Hold on. I want to get beyond because that is what it is, but I want to get beyond buzzword feeling and really just break it down for people. What do we mean when we say business architecture and enterprise architecture and how the heck is that the responsibility of the PMO? So let's like just level set for me, for our audience. What do you mean when you say business architecture and enterprise architecture, Ben? Well, I mean, I think, and I'm becoming more knowledgeable about about this daily as we've been integrating, and we actually acquired a business architecture, enterprise architecture solution and embedded that within our overall strategic portfolio management offering, right? Sure. I think the the problem with business architecture, enterprise architecture is that these guys have always been in the organization in the dark room, kind of building models, (laughs) and people don't quite understand what they're doing, and they they, they have not an enterprise architect when they need to get a new piece of software approved, right? And they, it conforms to making sure it conforms to enterprise architectural standards. So right. I'm not really talking about the need to do enterprise architecture at the lowest level of detail where you get right down into process mapping and all this good stuff, right? right. I'm talking about business architecture and kind of macro enterprise architecture which allows you to understand how everything comes together in your organization. When you think about how your organization works. You're going to have your strategy. You're going to probably have your products and services. There's a bunch of business capabilities, which is how your business runs, right? So understanding capabilities, understanding what's powering those capabilities gives you that kind of connected infrastructure to understand the cause and effects. If you know that there's an application that is key to automating a capability that is key to this product and is aligned to this strategy, understanding that or having that traceability from a business architecture and enterprise architecture point of view allows you then to be able to figure out what to change if you need to change something right Right. portfolio management to me one of the biggest challenges in strategic portfolio management is the six degrees of separation between everything right Right. so so it's a dependency management problem understanding that this project ties to this initiative this initiative funding is funded to make a change this capability in fact, this capability is reliant on these, these technology and processes, right? Whatever it may be, understanding, having that traceability, having that visibility across your organization is fundamentally important to being able to transform. Because if you can't see something, if you can't get your arms around it, then how the hell do you know how you're going to transform it, right? And right. so really, to me, we're taking the macro business architecture and enterprise architecture and we're understanding, we're seeing that connected or what we say 360 view across our business so that we know what changes we need to make as we're looking to transform from a current state to a target state. Now, our SVP of business and enterprise architecture, who's far more knowledgeable on business architecture, enterprise architecture than I am, was saying, think about business architecture more like a city plan, right? You're, you're, right. We're going to build a city. This is the plan. It's not designing every single building in the city. It's figuring out how this is going to function and work right before we then get into some of the more granular aspects of enterprise architecture which is figuring out the water system the sewer system designing every single building in in the city right okay truly it's connecting the dots right and i think that's why we are bringing this to a pmo community is that that is a 
very helpful position and role for the PMO to play because the PMO already has or business transformation office or enterprise PMO or whatever we call it, strategy delivery office. A lot of my students and clients call it a strategy delivery office, whatever you call it, that function that really understands how all of the pieces fit together and already has a really good handle or should have a really good handle on what are the activities happening to deliver on that strategy. So while many PMOs may not be there all the way, and we're not saying the PMO needs to take over business architecture for the organization, but what can the PMO do to support breaking down those silos, breaking down those barriers and helping the organization connect the dots from the strategy perspective, from the way the organization operates and delivers and what it really takes to function the way it needs to function to achieve those greatest outcomes and impact that they need to achieve. So I think that's super helpful to kind of just start with, listen, we're not telling the PMO that it needs to be driving business architecture and certainly not enterprise architecture, but what role can the PMO play in connecting those dots more effectively? Yeah, I think what a defined PMO does, I mean, if it's a domain PMO and this PMO focused more on kind of value and execution, then yes, definitely important part of that. Yeah. Should be connecting with the business and enterprise architects. If it's a transformation office, then I think the transformation office is going to have representation of business and enterprise architecture as well as a program execution capabilities that traditionally come from the PMO as well as representation from finance. Right. And so it, it to me the transformation office, whatever we call it, is a coming together of the key functions in the business that gives you that full perspective of your business but for sure i mean at its core the pmo is about deriving value and it's about orchestrating change in an organization so yes we want to go beyond just kind of siloed view of how the discretionary work is being executed and how that Mm -hmm. aligns with the strategy which Mm -hmm. is kind of being strategically aligned to understand the business and technical impact it's having on the operating fabric of our business you know the capability the products or services the technology layer whatever whatever it may be Right. Well, and you know, that's a really important distinction and uh, got me thinking about the last role I had as an employee was as an officer of an organization building and executing a business transformation office. So absolutely. It was interesting because it kind of, you know, I I remember telling my boss um, who was retiring and I was replacing him. And I said, listen, if it looks like a PMO and sounds like a PMO, it's probably doing, you know, it probably is also a PMO, right? Because he was like, no, 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 it's a business transformation office. It's not a PMO. And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> it, got, it, it also needed to have a lot of the functions of a PMO because it wasn't just about, you know, transforming business without any connection to strategy and the execution of the strategy, right? So it was like, we're just going to transform things over here. And we had the business architecture and all those things, but there was all this PMO like activity that I was very familiar with that also needed to happen. You know, things like portfolio management and making sure that the strategy was driving the portfolio management and that we were executing and delivering on that in a way that achieved the outcomes that were intended, not just running around being hatchet people or not just running around and, you know, mixing up the organization like scrambled eggs, right? That wasn't the purpose. It had to be aligned and focused and driven on the outcomes the organization was trying to achieve. So that leads us to, Ben, the other part of all this, which is how does, you know, whether it's an enterprise PMO or business transformation office, 
any of those, we need to get and help organizations get from this misaligned state they're in now, or where strategy is happening often in this bubble, and then projects are created in a totally different process. And then we try and merge them together. We've got to get away from that misaligned approach to being more strategically aligned on all of the initiatives that we're executing in the organization. So how do we address that? Because that's a really important second part of all of this. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, just going back to what you said there, yeah, I think it's, it, it's fine to call the enterprise PMO transformation office, right? I, I think it, it's more of a, a positioning and marketing thing. If, it, right. if the PMO is moving away from its tactical orientation in executing work and, and, and building you know, the left-hand side of the brain in terms of being value-orientated, then, right. yeah, then, then, then the PMO has a role to play in a transformation office or the transformation office is a PMO, right? It's, right, it's, right. It's the same thing. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, what every organization is struggling with is deriving the execution from the strategy. So, yeah. and to do that, you've got to look at what are the top-down investment planning approaches you utilize to today or potentially aspire to utilize tomorrow. And the investment planning approaches should, you know, uh, evolve to give you that connected view of everything in your business, as well as just being able to you know, align work or derive work from the strategy. So you know, when we visit any new customer or customers we've been working with for, for years, they're all on a journey and they're all on a journey of improving how they do top-down investment planning to do a better job of deriving execution from strategy and also move for, to you know from an annual planning to a continuous planning framework so that you know you can adjust on a more frequent basis whatever that is so at, in the, in its simplistic form we see there being kind of three key um, investment planning approaches that organizations utilize today or aspire to utilize tomorrow and as you progress through these, not that they're linear per se, but as you progress uh, through these, you're moving from deriving work bottom up, right, to yeah. being able to derive the work directly from the strategy. So um, when we think about the three techniques, they are, pro and, we, and we, uh, we're not married to these names here, we're not religious about how we call these things. So they're project driven, product program driven, and product and uh, capability uh, aligned investment planning approaches. And as I get stepped through this, you should you know, think back to those two key challenges of connected enterprise and being strategically aligned and see how those challenges you know, get resolved here or play out across uh, these things. So in a project-driven investment approach, right, um, it's where a lot of people are today. In fact, two years ago, I would say the people, if I had the slide up showing these three techniques with the project-driven being on the left, some most organizations say, well, we're not even on this slide. We're off to the uh, further left somewhere. Now, <laughs> today, people say they're one foot in, one foot out of uh, uh, project-driven and, and product program-driven. But if we think about project-driven, which is normally aligns with kind of an annual planning approach. It doesn't have to, but it, right. but it normally does. It, it starts with strategy being defined, and we talked about this in the, in the, in the last episode a little bit, in a silo. Right, often yeah, by the right. big X as part of that annual planning uh, process, right. uh, and then as uh, you know, project requests or whatever come in, right, they come in bottom up for all intensive purposes. And as mm -hmm. you build a business case, then someone's built a form there, which either gives you the ability to tag against strategy or maybe do a, a more sophisticated impact assessment against strategy. But in essence, you are creating the work, and then you're looking to show its contribution to the strategies that people 
uh, you know, defined in that in that and prioritized in that in that dark room. So reality is then you may use you know uh, semi-sophisticated techniques for prioritization, optimization to select the best bundle of work, but you have a very bottom-up process, right? Because strategies defined in a silo, project requests captured independent of strategy, mapped right. into. So you know you selected the best of whatever was teed up based on the, the strategic imperatives. But you don't know necessarily whether you started out with the right demand, right? right. So I mean, this was actually an approach that we introduced in, in the early 2000s. And back then, we, we thought we were smart, and it was a top-down investment planning approach. It isn't. It's very bottom-up in, in orientation. So when we think about how do you move from that model to be able to derive the execution from the strategy, because that's the pure frailty in that model that you're not, it, you're not deriving from, you're filtering out. So how do you derive the execution from, from the strategy? The first technique we see organizations utilizing is what we call product and or program driven, just what we call it. I mean, there's other methodologies that, that follow the same demographic or construct, um, but we're not married to the naming conventions here. Um, so in that product program driven, the first thing you do is define the strategy. Right. right. Find the strategy. It's the key object in your overall portfolio model. Now you may decompose strategy, corporate line of business, whatever you want to do. But the other fundamental important thing about a strategy, whether it's uh, you know however you're defining it, is is it should be measurable. I mean, there's different uh, methodologies out there around strategic planning, and they all have the ability to measure through outcomes, through metrics, through KPIs, whatever. The right. strategy so if it's measurable, you should be able to come up with the financial, non-financial metrics in association with that strategy or multiple metrics uh, to be able to you know, understand what you're doing if you're on course. Now, from there, you should be able to come up with actionable investments. So as you come down in that strategy, mm -hmm. composition of metrics, you're going to end up with an investment to achieve that outcome, right? So we're already deriving, uh, based on this decomposition, we're already deriving the work, right? Now, that could manifest as an initiative, that could manifest as a program in a pure agile implementation, that could manifest as a product. We're actually up-leveling governance control to that level. This is the area where we're funding, right? We're funding right. this program level, this initiative level, this product level, right? Before then, we break down into the underlying execution. So the previous model, we were taking the projects, we we're taking the epics, mapping them into the strategy and the project-driven model. Now we've come from the strategy, funding product programs, initiatives, depending on what, what, how the work is being executed. And then we're allowing the product manager, the program manager, the initiative manager to be able to decompose the work from that product, that program, that initiative within the funding guardrails, whether that's dollar or whether that's headcount uh, of, right. of, of that investment, right? So in essence, you're lighting the governance on the execution because there's no funding go, no go at the project or epic level, right? There's just the ability for the product manager, program manager, initiative manager to be able to tee up the work that they need to do to be yeah. able to get outcomes at that level, right? right? And as we talked about on the previous episode, that's fundamentally important when you think about how to harmonize across different working styles. So we talked in the last episode about uh, not being a one-size-fits-all kind of agile delivery that, uh, that any enterprise today is going to have you know, different execution techniques and methodologies right. needs of individual teams, which heightens the challenge for the stakeholders to establish an investment governance model that allows them to maintain control while mm. providing the freedom of choice in terms of how people are going to execute you know, based on the type of work they, they, they are doing. So in right. this model, right, we've come from strategy, we're putting the funding controls at that mid-tier level. So we've got a product hunt and agile, a program hunt and traditional initiative uh, hybrid or how, how it's going to play out. Um, and we concretely can say 
the, the resulting projects, epics and whatever at the bottom of that tree came directly from the strategy. There was right. no bottom up demand. It was decomposed from the top down. So it's completely aligned. And right. the question is not if you're going to do this stuff, it's when you're going to do this stuff, right? Because it's kind of just, you know, you, you right. know you have the right strategy, oh, sorry, the right investments based on whatever the strategic, strategic imperatives are today. Now, if things change, right. then things need to cascade down and things change. You, you adjust at that mid-tier level, right? Right. Then, then the execution teams will adjust accordingly. Now, that's that kind of middle tier. So we're from project driven to product program driven. And so, as mm -hmm. I say, today, when we speak to sort of prospects or net new customers, they tend to be somewhere between the two, right? And the other aspect as we move from product to program driven as well is, is we're moving from that annual planning to a continuous planning framework, right? Where we revisit right. the priorities and, and the investments on, let's say, a quarterly basis or, or whatever the cadence, uh, uh, whatever the cadence is. Now, the next step is to move to a capability aligned, product aligned business. And now this is where that first imperative of, 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 of that connected enterprise and the need to kind of bring in macro business architecture and enterprise architecture is, is so key. Because in, in uh, product aligned, capability aligned, we wanna go beyond just the discretionary work. Because in the first two steps, we've really just been focused on the programs, the initiatives. You know, right, the, the new stuff. Discretionary spend, right? right? But we want to look at uh, you know, all spend and optimize that when we have to understand the, the, the complete operating fabric of our business. So we have to go beyond just the projects or discretionary activities into understanding you know, the full operating fabric of our business, meaning that as we come from strategy, we may look at product services, capabilities, we may come down from capabilities into value streams, maybe looking at information, data, logistics, you know, technology, right. applications, whatever it may be. It's, it's how our business is, is fundamentally running. So understanding right. uh, that part of our business allows us to actually derive demand. So when you think about when, uh, you know, when architects in the organization are saying, look, this is where you know, to, be, to be sort of digitally aligned, if we need to go from here, this current state to whatever this target state is, they're actually doing that assessment of the operating fabric of their business uh, and using that to derive demand, right? Which is actually going to feature in any kind of strategic planning process alongside you know, other initiatives or whatever that are coming directly, derived directly from, from the strategy. So you have now a bigger picture of your entire business. You're strategically managing the projects. You can understand all the initiatives and projects, the programs, the projects, the products, the epics, whatever. You can understand the technical impact they're having. So if we're funding this initiative, it's impacting this capability. It's making changes to this partner, these applications within our technology layer. It's related to this strategy. I can see the impact. I can also derive demand directly from the changes I need to make to the operating fabric of our business, right? So everything is, is, is connected. In, in, an, in an execution state, if a project is delayed, I can now see the impact on an application, a capability, the strategy. Now we can communicate effectively because we understand the domino effect and how that impacts everyone across the organization. Going back to what we said about the connected enterprise, you know, a disconnected enterprise is just a disparate set of people, silos, functions. There's always right. going to be that disparate set of people, functions, and silos, but now we understand the connected nature of this. So if something does change and it has a net impact on the capability over here, which is managed by someone else, they get alerted to that fact. Or if someone's making a change to a capability, you know, 
this this is the work that's going to be required to do that so right it's bringing everything together because we think about strategic portfolio management it is really the understanding of the dependencies that exist between things and then being effectively able to orchestrate change across the enterprise and to orchestrate change you've got to understand how everything comes together from a macro perspective wow that's all i have to say is wow okay so this is a really different way for our audience, our impact drivers to look at a maturity model for their organization, meaning like the PMO transformation office, et cetera. These three steps that you talked about here are on your visual that I'm sure you'll have at the summit, the left to right. You've got where people are, which where the PMO is mostly focused now, which is this project-driven investment approach, shifting more towards that product program driven so that the strategy is the cause of all the programs and products and then ultimately projects and where the governance actually happens, which is an interesting part of this, the governance and you know the management of those investments, et cetera, is at the program and product level, not at the project level, which I thought was key. And then to this bigger, more holistic operational view of the world as well. So we've got the product and program driven for all of our uh, discretionary or you know strategic funding but then how does the rest of the business run the keeping the lights on all the operational activities all these other things and it's interesting because i've run pmos or whatever you want to call them uh, enterprise functions that did look at all of those different components and i knew that that was rare so it's interesting that you're talking about this and kind of shifting our focus to what the pmo ultimately could become which really at that point needs to evolve the name to really be more of a, a different model, but it's an interesting approach to the maturity and capability that this kind of an organization could deliver is to go beyond those, beyond the traditional project-driven approach into a much bigger, higher impact solution for the leadership team in an organization. And man, if that isn't a way to help an organization, you know, see the value that all of our impact drivers have, but really they become the eyes and ears and uh, insight into everything that's happening in the organization, which I think is pretty cool. And this is a great teaser for what is to come at the PMO Impact Summit, where we're going to be talking about all of the things that we've been talking about with you, Ben, in these multiple episodes we've been doing, teasing and leading up to the PMO Impact Summit, which is super exciting. So Ben, as we wrap up here, is there anything else you want to make sure that our audience has as a takeaway as they start thinking about how we transition? Not really. I mean, I think look at those uh, two major imperatives. I'm sure today you, you, you are focused on how to become more strategically aligned, right? And, mm -hmm. and kind of moving from project driven to that product program driven. Um, you know, maybe a little bit out of left field, as, as you said earlier, to focus on business architecture and enterprise architecture. But understand, you know, that connected enterprise and how there are, mm -hmm. um, you know, techniques and best practices out there today that help you break down your business, right? Which right. is the challenge we see every organization facing. And if you can't see all the moving parts of business, you can't effectively orchestrate change. And you certainly can't more easily respond to disruption because all you can do is fund the next big project rather than understand you know, what other aspects of your business you need to transform. And really this is where business transformation comes from. It is the fundamental changes you're making to the operating fabric of your business. Uh, uh, you know, as needed, rather than just you know, funding the next uh, strategic, strategic initiative as it comes up, which is relatively easy. 
Wow. This is so good, Ben. Okay. So we're going to tease them with this and leave it at that right now so that we get all of you listening to come to the PMO impact summit. So we can dive deeper into all of these topics we've been covering with UMT 360 and thank you so much to UMT 360 and Ben and Hubie behind the scenes that are making sure that the PMO impact summit stays free for all of our community and helping us make a huge impact with the PMO. So thank you so very much for being here today. All of you listening, if you have not registered from the PMO Impact Summit, do so right now. It is free to you and you've got to be there to join us live and then watch the recordings we'll have available that week. It's PMOImpactSummit.com. Thank you so much for being here today, Ben. Don't forget this episode is sponsored by the PMO Impact Summit, the world's largest and longest running virtual PMO conference that takes place for free right at PMOImpactSummit.com. If you're looking to elevate your role in your organization, make a bigger impact with your PMO, and discover ways that you can help your organization deliver on strategy with the highest possible return on investment as quickly as possible, you must be at the PMO Impact Summit this year. Just go to PMOImpactSummit.com to register for free, and the sooner you register, the better, because I've got goodies and surprises for all of my impact drivers. Can't wait to see you there. All right, that's it, Impact Drivers. We'll see you in the next episodes. Bye-bye for now.